What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to The Crunch. I'm Patrick. It's never going to work like that. It'll never be like that. <laughs> you think that it be, it don't. I handle the money. I do oh, everything. Please. And you don't even let me introduce the podcast. Please, with that. Who edited the podcast for a year and a half? <laughs> yeah, on Audacity. And now you have Who? the audacity to not let okay. me introduce the podcast. I, just, I want you I want you to look at the numbers from when we started to when I handed it off and look at the numbers from when I handed it off to now. Where's the biggest growth? How dare you? (laughs) Are you suggesting that we've gone down in listens because I don't edit correctly? No, I'm just saying that I, during my reign as editor, we had more growth. Mm. And during your reign as editor, it slowed down. Not that we haven't grown. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 That's also, I started the podcast. Nuh-uh. Hey, yes, listen. Huh? We started it, it was... together, okay, Freddie Mercury? You, you, you abandoned her. You're going to abandon us just like Freddie Mercury abandoned Queen. Welcome to the crunch. It is your boy Ethan. I'm Patrick. I hope you cut all that out. <laughs> no. <laughs> cut out at least the part where I said screw you. That's that's bad. Actually, no, cut that part out that I just said it again. <laughs> I don't We have to I don't keep wanna, all of it in. <laughs> we, no, we can't. <laughs> the the other option is the other option is I bleep it out and it makes it sound like you said something worse. <laughs> That's true. One time my dad told me that saying screw you isn't very Catholic, and so every time I say it on accident, I'm like, oh man. Well, it's good that he's leaving that impression on you. He is. He's a good dad. He's a good dad, yeah. It's just sometimes I'm not the best 
either. Sometimes. <laughs> also, I'm I'm also doubly worried because of the whole Seek thing, but then I remember that Catching Foxes is recording at Seek, and I'm like, wait a minute, I got nothing to worry about. Oh my about. gosh, there's no way they're doing an explicit episode at Seek. Do you know them? I mean, like, I believe that they would, right? But I but feel like there's... Here's what's going to happen. I'll tell you, is that Luke is going to say something really inappropriate and gomer's just gonna laugh and then luke's just gonna apologize for the next 15 minutes <laughs> what's gonna happen is uh is that's exactly it yeah but then yeah. i i think there's like fcc rules about like public broadcasting where you're like it's, in really i feel like, like i feel like there's some kind of law about screaming there's, obscenities in public there's no <laughs> there's no law <laughs> about that explain uh uh you know what about uh you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. No, like the TV shows, like the Eric Andre show where they go out and he's recording the show and he's like, this dude is running around. He's saying, I'm Jesus. And then he goes, prove it. Take a poop in front of us. And you ever seen that video? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, well, Eric Andre just go out and he's shouting. He's screaming. Ben Shapiro. What's he doing? Um, You got uh, Rick Rubin. I don't know who Rick Rubin is. <laughs> um, the entire Republican Party, the entire Democratic Party, they're all out and about shouting. Just and so if, things. I think if I think if those five groups can get away with it, then we can also get away with it. <laughs> I um those five groups being just to recap, the Eric Andre show, Ben Shapiro, <laughs> Rick Rubin, and the Democratic Republican Party. <laughs> the five branches of government. <laughs> the five genders. <laughs> the five tenders um i was i was at my seek meeting hashtag seek uh-huh. partner 2019 and yep. um i asked our focus missionaries if i could like say a little something about about the <laughs> seek partnership um yeah. and they were like oh yeah, yeah. sure that's fine because i wanted to let, i wanted to let my my frannies know what's up they're all like yeah it sounds so cool we're gonna come right and so i get up there and i'm, yeah, I'm talking about sure. who's gonna be there um me I see, say I see, me what did you say me? I'm yeah, you're obviously part of it. If I, <laughs> well, I didn't know if you, if they knew that I was going to be there. They do know you're going to be there. Okay. They might not know who you are, but uh, I mean, I knew well. half the people in the room. So I'm up there and like I'm talking about I'm talking about uh, how Focus asked us to come and like record at Seek, et cetera. And uh, yeah, like I yeah. see them getting their, I see their eyes getting wider and wider. And as, as they're like, whoa, like that's so cool. I'm like, all right, cool. I got to give them the goods. Right. I'm like, I'm like, half the stuff <laughs> you should know is going to be there. Um, Matt Fratt is going to be there. Catching Fox is going to be there, but they suck. So I don't listen to them. And then they all like all of a sudden I, I hear like an awkward pause in the room. And I was like, oh, is that was that mean? Did you guys think that was mean? It's not mean. Anyway, it's healthy. It's healthy. It's good. It's good to have some competition. Mm-hmm. It's good to separate from your parents. That's how it is. <laughs> it's good. That it's just like a friendly, like, you know, there are older brothers. It's like it's like when you're at school and that older kid that you hang out with sometimes comes up behind you and smacks both of your hand, both of his hands on your shoulder. Mm, yeah, it's no. like that. It's not like, it's like when you're in school. It's like when you're in school and this older guy comes up and punches you in the head and takes <laughs> your money. <laughs> it's like bullying. You know, bullying. <laughs> You're kind of familiar with bullying, right? <laughs> oh man! So that's the end of that segment. Um, now on to our next segment called "What are we doing this week?" Oh, um, at long last, I know you guys have waited a whole. No, 
not at long last. It's a normal, it's a regular monthly occurrence. It's a regular monthly occurrence month. that we have we've not done forgotten every the month. past two months, and we've done every month since we started we've done it every the month podcast. since we started the show. Is the, the monthly, monthly mailbag. The monthly mailbag is sponsored by Patreon. And the reason why I've been so lackadaisical about putting out the monthly mailbag is because I've been watching Family Feud. Because I've been watching Family Feud and humming the theme song to myself on the podcast. Um No, I wanted I wanted to like I wanted to get some of our patrons on the podcast to like put them in the crunch bowl. And so I was like getting, I was like, but I, I just kept putting it off and putting it off, putting it off uh, for two months. And then we didn't put out a monthly mailbag. <laughs> so we're just going to do it. We're just going to roll through it. We're just going to have the, the monthly mailbag sponsored by Patreon with none of our patrons on the podcast. Sorry guys. Isn't every episode really technically sponsored by Patreon? Yes. But yeah. this one is special sponsored yeah. by Patreon. It's so this is especially if you have questions about anything, you can send it to us. Have a question about prayer, have a question about ministry, have a question about anything. Anything. If it's if it's theology related, Patrick will answer it. If it's about anything cool or interesting, I'll answer it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you guys know that I think theology is cool and interesting. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. You guys know I was goofing. You guys know that I read Hans Urs von Balthasar on the weekends. Good old Hans Urs von Balthasar. Han, good old, good old him. So we've got, if you want to give us a call, uh, use 785-251-3989. That's the number for the monthly mailbag. That's where we pull these voicemails from. Or you can email us, Ethan at thecrunchcast.com, Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. Patrick, who are we doing first? Uh, I think we should, should we start off with a serious one? We should start off with the with a, a serious and an easy one. Maybe like a quick, not an easy one, but like a, you know, Something that we could really, we don't, that doesn't require a lot of thinking energy. Yeah, so we can like warm up a little bit, you know? Maybe like a warm up, like a conversational, like bounce ideas off of each other before we start learning people, you know? Yeah, yeah, before, before we bring, before we bring the noise, so Before we bring the heat. The heat. Before we bring the Miami heat featuring, um, let's, let's just, let's start with the apathetic before we, one. Before we bring the movie heat starring Al Pacino, <laughs> we're going to, uh, we're going to do this. I think he's in that movie. Anyway. Uh, it's the apathetic It's certainly not one. Frankie Muniz. <laughs> it's true. It's the apathetic one. All right. Hey, Crunchers. Um, so my name is Anna. Um, so my question is, um, so I have a lot of classmates that are um, very... Ethan, if you eat during the stream, I can't record the stream right in. I have to go in and put it in myself. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what you did anyway. And so no, I, was I like, don't. I, 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 I record it right in. I record it live, real time. You're just, you're just no. <laughs> <laughs> The monthly mailbag now with live crunching in the background. <laughs> Stop eating Cheetos. We're doing, we're at work. Oh, Tostitos. Okay, I'm done. I'll blow the bag away. <laughs> All, right. All right. We're doing it again. Hey, crunchers. Um, so my name is Hannah. Um, so my question is, um, so I have a lot of classmates that are, um, very spiritually apathetic. Like, for example, like I have a classmate that is Catholic, but she doesn't believe in hell. And, um, so like I can kind of get like her, like her argument is like, why would a God 
so loving and so like kind to send people to hell and I'm like, um well with the argument like people have free will but like I don't know. How would you like respond to that deeper? Um love your podcast. I actually haven't listened for like a really long time but I'm getting back to listening to your episodes but and God bless and if you know, actually answer my question that'd be great. But otherwise have a good day. Um okay, God bless. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey Hannah. Thanks for the question. Thanks for the question. Um, I just want to do one note. One of my favorite things about the monthly mailbag is seeing how different people uh, call what they call us, like how they address us. So it's like how they refer to us. Refer. That's the word. Thank you. <laughs> Say <laughs> how crunchers, they summon us. <laughs> crunchers, crunchy boys, crunch guys, crunch guys, Ethan and Patrick, Ethan and Pat, E and P, P and E. Um, <laughs> PE physical education crunch dudes I think we got crunch dudes and just crunch like we'll just they just call us crunch like as hello, a unit they crunch. hello hello crunch my name Anton a question <laughs> about technology 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 all right um, so anyway, anyway that's, a, that's a side note hell listen it's, <laughs> it's real um, you better listen up because it sucks. Um, you want? What were you saying? I well, I was just saying, Hannah, your friends raise a good point. It's like it really all goes back to the the great uh, problem of of pain and suffering, which is a, a theological question that's like existed for a long time. It's like why would a God good allow suffering to exist? And it's something that a lot of people really wrestle with, even like committed and avowed Christians. I know that Bishop Barron talks about that being his biggest like. People ask him in interviews and stuff like, what's your biggest, you know, question about the faith or like, what's the, the thing that you wrestle with the most? And he always brings up like the problem of suffering. So it's not, my friends are not unique in their, uh, in their questions. Um, definitely something to, to take seriously and not just like brush off. But what I would say, I mean, you're right on track with the whole free will thing. Um, and it's it's really kind of explained. I had a great conversation with a guy in Bible study a couple of weeks ago who's actually Jewish who comes to my Bible study, which is pretty cool. And he was asking me about like he just stays for the why, part when you go over the Old Testament. Yeah, he stays he leaves for the second half. Um <laughs> right before it gets exciting, he just kind of bails. Uh but he was asking about like Jesus and Judas and why God would um like create Judas knowing that Judas was going to like turn on God um, and commit suicide and damn himself. Like that, that's a great question. Like why would God do that? And so we kind of boy brains and girl brains are very different. Um, and so I was like talking about trains. <laughs> it's like, so with free will, like God lays down all of these train tracks for us, but he doesn't tell us which route um, to take and like some of them will intersect and some of them won't and some will go um, one way and some will go another way and he he lays the track but we're the we are the conductor of our own train like we choose which path to go down um, and he respects it he doesn't interfere with it and so it's like yeah hell exists because we have the choice to say no to god yeah ultimately and um kind of when i was talking to my other missionaries the girls um and this might help with you is they the the thing that girls always say is that jesus is a gentleman and he doesn't force himself on you right which is like a a way that guys don't necessarily think about it all the time but is helpful for women um from the girls that i've talked to and yeah. so it's it's 
God's not going to force himself down your throat, but uh, he is going to give you the full range of options because he loves you. Um, and the, the fullness of love includes that, that freedom. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what I would say. But <clears throat> Patrick, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts? And like, it's hell is, hell is tough because we think of it as, as like a, as like a punishment oh, and it's like, yeah. you were, you were bad. And so I'm putting you in timeout forever, <laughs> forever. And no more Game Boy. It's like, it's <laughs> no, it's less of, it's less of a punishment. Like it is technically a punishment, but I mean, if you frame it in the word of consequence, ah. it's much, it's much more, it's much more true to call it a consequence. It's a consequence of a choice, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it ch- continuously rejecting God disposes your soul to do the same thing at the end of time. So you come before God and you reject all goodness and all beauty and all love. And if you do that, where do you go? You go to a place that is no, not that no good, no beauty, nothing. Um, and so what you, and you can't, you can't reject something without choosing something else. Right. So who do you choose? You choose yourself. Essentially you choose. And so hell is a constant, like, turning inward upon yourself in mm. the great divorce uh oh classic <laughs> i was gonna um, talk about c.s lewis too but really yeah Ter- teresa would be proud Thank um you. wait why does she not like c.s lewis no she always talks about c.s lewis like, uh, in fact she the, she's actually she actually i never read the book but this is what she knows <laughs> you never read the great no divorce? i never read the great divorce but i, li- I hang out with teresa bova all the time so, she, so you like, basically have read it so i basically read everything c.s lewis has ever written she constantly <laughs> talks about him um yeah. And it's actually interesting because we're we're using C.S. Lewis in my Christology class a lot. Uh, so he, he knows what he's talking about. So in The Great Divorce, um, there's like these houses and uh, everybody comes and they can just like they build a house. Right. But every time they get in a fight with someone, they move further. They pick up all their stuff and they leave and they mm-hmm. get a new house further away from that person. And um, there's an infinite num- there's an infinite room for people and there's infinite way there's infinite houses you can just build a new house whenever you want wherever you want and so what ends up happening is everyone is so far away from each other because they can't stop fighting with each other and they don't know how to not fight with each other um and so that's like that's like a kind of kind of like a, a, a good way to understand not what hell is um but but the isolation that hell brings yeah. But what, but like what kind of soul you, what kind of uh-huh. uh, situation your soul would be in if it desired mm-hmm. hell, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it desire. it's, I cannot find happiness outside of myself. Um, I only want myself and I don't want anything anyone else can give me, including God. And so I'm going to say no to that. So that's, that's one way to understand hell is a consequence of not desiring goodness. But another, another, another thing that you can, another way you can put it is um, sin. If you understood the reality of your sin, it would kill you. Um, yeah. You would be so heartbroken um, if you could actually see what your sin does. And cause, I mean, if, if you could imagine, imagine actually staring at a black hole, <laughs> like imagine, imagine coming up upon one, just walking and all of a sudden there's a black hole and everything's getting sucked into it. And just the amount of fear um, and the amount of like just <laughs> absolute fear of, of this, of this utter nothingness, right? Mm-hmm. That's what our sin is, just a black hole of utter nothingness. And <laughs> and so um imagine then like imagine being that black hole <laughs> and then seeing Jesus in all of his glory and all of his goodness and seeing the look in his eyes and in our lady's eyes knowing that you chose something infinitely um nothing 
as opposed to something infinitely good and infinitely beautiful. Um, yeah. If you if you had the beatific vision, which is what heaven is, if you saw God in His glory, you would. It would be it would be eternal suffering and pain. You would not you would not be able to stand it. Um, and so God, in His mercy, keeps the souls in hell away from Him as far as far away from them, quote unquote, as they can be. Because in Psalm one thirty nine, even in the depths of Sheol, you are there. Uh, so God technically is um holding hell in existence so like since hell has being he, anyway this is that's all that's tangent um he puts him as he puts you as far away from himself as you can be so that you're not experiencing that um that presence his presence so he respects he yeah but the, the way that the way that ethan's friends put it, it's like he respects your decision mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's part it's part of his mercy and his love um as well as his justice that's how god's love and justice are compatible is because hell is merciful, which is a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. It's weird because it's not how we're so flawed and broken that that does not compute with us like on a first pass or a second pass or a third pass. Like it's yeah. uh, it's something that, I mean, especially because of what we God's ways are not is. our ways and for good reason. So especially because of what we think heaven is right. Right. Cause we think, we think heaven is just this like, wow, Banger. this place is really nice. Oh, baby, different. <laughs> Sorry. This is completely our two views of heaven. It's Patrick, this is a nice place. Ethan, banger. Banger. <laughs> I mean, what 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 is the... Uh, have you seen NBC's The Good Place? I have not seen NBC's The Good Place. Do you know what it's about? I am open to sponsorship. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do know what it's about, yeah. Yeah, so they, they go to um, the afterlife and it's The Good Place. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, it's just, just some place that's, it's natural perfection. Um, it's just good. There's really nothing, um, about it that's different from earth, except there's no suffering. Um, which is nice, you know? And so it's yeah. like, it's, it's, that, it's, that's nice, but like, eh. what eh. I know it's, it's, it's like, okay, cool. Imagine, imagine if I, if I, um, if I just every time I saw Ethan, I punched him in the face, and I, I, was, I was just you don't have to imagine that's that's that what happens. Happens. Um, imagine if I just punched him in the face all the time, every time I saw him, and then one day I said, "Ethan, you have run the course of being punched. our life now of our of our time together. I will now no longer punch you in the face every day." That's like, nice. Wow, that's nice. And so yeah. now you get to live without being punched in the face every day. But, but that's like that's like okay cool now there's no bad as opposed to there being an infinite good like as opposed to me being like hey Ethan here's God the person who created you you know that's so much that's so much mm-hmm. more than just a nice place so and like the removal of suffering yeah you if know? you think like, of heaven as just a nice place then you're gonna be like why can't everyone go there yeah um because it's it's not just about like you don't earn a spot at the nice place you know you you are um baptized and made a part of the body of christ and through his merit and his goodness you are made a member of his body and you he earns for you eternal life um my my christology professor said today that the graces of baptism are a reward for christ are given by the father to christ because of his passion so through his passion he merited you 
and your life and your soul. Um, and being baptized is a surrender of that and giving yourself to Christ as a gift because he deserves it. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's literally nothing that you can do by being a good person because no matter how good you are, all it is, is you're just not being bad. You're just, you just, if you stop sinning, it's just like, you're I'm just not punching Ethan in the face anymore. Now I'm a good person. No. Now that you say it, the nice place sounds a lot closer to hell than it does to heaven. Yeah. Hmm. Shows you what's going on over at NBC. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, have you seen the show? No, I've never watched Spoiler it. Spoiler alert. It's, I know what it is. Okay. <laughs> Remember yeah. when you're talking about the black hole? Yeah. About how walking and you'd see a black hole? Mm-hmm. I thought... I was pictured myself walking through a mall and looking at Macy's. That's what I was thinking of when you were <laughs> you were talking about black holes. Oh, I hate department stores so much. To me, those stores are the death sent like Nordstrom. Oh, oh. Even just saying it, it gives me like the, <sighs> say, it, say it again, say it again. Nordstrom. Ah. Nordstrom. Ah, <laughs> I don't like it. Oh my gosh. I've, I've never like, I, I've never actually shopped in a Macy's before. Cause they're so dang expensive. Like I, know. I could go to old Navy and get these pants that are just <laughs> as nice as these Nordstrom pants. But the Nordstrom pants cost $50 and the Old Navy pants cost $20. And guess what? Guess what? What? I'm still going to spill spaghetti on them. And I'm still going to get bunches of root beer all over the front of the pants. <laughs> and there's going to be cheese it crumbs on them. The pants just it's... protect my legs from the various things I spill. Pants, all day. <laughs> pants prevent my knees from getting stung by bees. That's all that pants are there for. If I didn't have pants, that would be the bees' knees. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Let's go to the next question. <laughs> you set that one up. You did. I did. I did. I did. Hello, The Crunch. This is Katsiri. I'm calling with a question. I've done youth ministry for a number of years using mostly the life and curriculum, which is good. A couple weeks ago, I was talking to a nun who mentioned using the Baltimore Catechism to teach a confirmation class before she entered the convent. That was intriguing to me. So when I was preparing for a talk, I started reading through the Baltimore Catechism and realized that a lot of my teens would not actually have the words to answer a lot of the questions found throughout the book, like, why does God make us? What is man? What are angels? And so I was thinking there's something to be said for having the words to answer basic theological questions in order to springboard a good conversation off of that. So at the same time, like you hear about people complaining about the time of religious education with all memorization, you know what I mean? 
So my question is, what place would you say that the Baltimore Catechism and the memorization methods like that, like question, answer, have in effective youth ministry today, along with the relational ministry and everything that's good? How could you include a way for teens to know just the good definitions that a lot of them don't have the words to explain a lot of the times, if that makes sense. So yes, thank you very much. Keep doing awesome things and I'm praying for you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Oh, this is a this is a juicy question. Wait, I I'm really I am into in this on okay. this question. Step I one, so step one, in. step one. Confirm everyone at the age of seven. Step two, um, <laughs> cancel youth ministry. It's all a farce. Cancel youth ministry. No, no. Step, <laughs> listen, um, if you want your teens to have good vocab, they should just do what me and Patrick did, which is uh, spend, start a Twitter account. Spend <laughs> far too much time in your middle school and high school years looking up apologetics online and practicing it on your friends. You got You got to get them. You got to get them really addicted to being right. You, you got to get them so prideful that they, <laughs> that when they don't know the answer to a question, they will think about it for hours, hours, and hours, and hours. Do <laughs> knowing that they miss an opportunity to prove how much they know you got to make sure that they kids. meet someone who is the ideological opposite of them who constantly uh-huh. spars with them and alienates the rest of their friend group Shout we out need to, to introduce them to a member of the opposite gender who knows more about the faith than they do who is also attractive to them that makes them want to learn more about the faith this is mini testimony time. The, um, <laughs> none of these, none of these stories, obviously, are about us. They're just like a general, like a, like a general, <laughs> you know, kind of like a general sort of thing. Oh man, um, no, she brings up a good point. So, like, this is a good question though. My my favorite thing that you said was about like distinguishing between memorization. People complaining that religious education is all memorization. <laughs> and I have something to uh-huh. speak to you on that. Um, when you are in fourth grade, that's like the only thing you can do. <laughs> is memorize things fourth graders can't really write essays or fourth like graders, cr- fourth graders not very famous for their synthesis synthesizing skills they're yeah, not fourth really graders aren't really like aren't really about the whole sitting there and critically thinking about um i mean some do right i, I feel like fourth graders write essays actually maybe they do but when when you're a little kiddo you're you're doing yeah. your multiplication tables right uh-huh you gotta memorize those that's just how right. it is and then all of a sudden you can do calculus right and so here's, here's what i here's, <laughs> Wait, hold on <laughs> just a couple of just a couple of weeks later all of a sudden what you couldn't do calculus in second grade ethan after you learned Mem- your multiplication tables? memorize memorize your tables training montage calculus that's how it goes <laughs> running up the steps in philadelphia yeah just two hands up a graphing calculator in one and a number uh-huh. two pencil in the other mm-hmm Ticonderoga, obviously. Obviously. The world's number one pencil. The world's number one pencil, the either the black one or the super thick one you get in kindergarten. What are you talking about the black one? You've never had what? you've never used a black Ticonderoga pencil? No, I use the yellow pencils because I'm not a communist. <laughs> I went to school in America where pencils are yellow and lead is soft. <laughs> and lead is soft and doesn't damage your blood if you breathe it. Great. Um lead lead is bad for you so so yeah i think i think that one of the problems is uh we we just we just need to uh we need we need to improve catechesis is what we need to do all right Um, big task you've just given us in this podcast but continue i 
I think I think that um, learning and memorizing like what an angel is is really good when you're young. Uh huh. Um, and then you should know that when you're in high school. Like I, I wish I wish we had, I wish we had done it like that. I wish that it had been how how it it was when I was a kid, but it's not. So we got to just you got to accept the fact that it's not and we just got to make all the youth feel stupid for not knowing things. Um I'm kidding. What do you think we should do, Ethan? <laughs> just bandied about for 5 minutes with no real answers given. Yeah, I did. Here. <laughs> Sorry. Here's, here's kind of the I thought maybe you'd have some insight being a theology major and having Listen, I I don't know I don't know what to tell you. I, 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 all the only way I know how to learn things is literally the way I said earlier was just right. get really mad about being wrong. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Learn it all. So <laughs> So I, I'm going to assume Kateri, cause you didn't, I don't know if you outright said it or not, that you're like working at a church with mostly public school kids and not like at a school, um, with like a Catholic school. That's my assumption. So, uh, assuming that the, the teens that you have coming to your youth group are majority public school, maybe some Catholic school, um, who are, this is like their really main meat of faith, anything throughout the week, right? In a structured way. So the question is, is what is the best thing for them at this time in their life, right? I'm not going to disagree that the Baltimore Catechism has some good stuff in there. And I'm not going to disagree that knowing theological terminology and having vocabulary to understand and answer big questions are important. But is that the most important thing? Interesting. Okay, I see where you're going. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Right. So we could spend, you could make your youth group a, a class where people come in and they learn. Um, but I think that's putting the cart before the horse in a way. So if we let them know, the teens, know that they're loved and know that God loves them and give them a real encounter with Jesus, um, then from that point on, you can ask those questions. And if they've truly encountered Christ and they love him and they desire to know him and to make him known, then all of a sudden you can introduce uh, materials and you can introduce things that say, hey, here's how to talk about this uh, in a more accurate way because they will naturally want to talk about it in a way that is more accurate because they will not have the language, right? And so if you try to give them the language before they have the desire to use the language, then we're just going to be running in circles and your attendance is going to go down and you, 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 I don't want you to get fired, Terry. That's what I'm saying. I don't want you to lose your job, please. Because our jobs, as much as we say they're not, are all based on attendance. They really are. <laughs> so... Uh, and again, I might be totally misreading what you're asking. I might be misreading what you're saying. And maybe this is not the answer that you want. But the the best way to get people to learn is to give them a love for the subject. Mm -hmm. right? So the subject being Jesus. And this might take four years with some teens. This might take six months with other teens. It might take one weekend for other teens to like get them to love Jesus enough to want that and that's where the the patient urgency has to come from is that you always have to be ready to give it to the students who are ready and you always have to be patient with the students who aren't and that's the, the hardest thing because there's no it's people are everyone's different and there's no like obviously in an ideal world we would all have this language growing up and it would be taught to us as we were kids like memorize what angels are and what 
Christology, like Jesus is God, but the father is not the son, like that sort of thing. Like we wouldn't, yeah. we would know that from a young age, but the reality is, is that we don't, we, we don't get taught it. And so I think we're fixating on the angel question, but that's not the most interesting question that she gave. One of the questions that she mentioned in the Baltimore catechism is what is man? Right. That's the one I was trying to think of. Yeah. That, that one's a little I don't more even, important. I don't even know how to answer that one. Um, a, a composite of body and soul. Um, carbon-based life form made in the image and likeness of god like there th- those are those are answers that you can and honestly i would i would say that a question like that you just gotta straight up ask them you just gotta be like hey if you if you actually want them to get to critically think like that's just that's philosophy though that's the thing is like right and they don't so, teach philosophy in schools so you're fighting an uphill battle either yeah. way <clears throat> um and i would say i would say for like for teaching a class on confirmation it's true. Where do you want to attack it from? Do you want to start from the, do you want to start from like the, do you want to do the charisma thing right from the beginning? The charisma thing. The charisma thing. Do you want to start, do you want to do the, the little focus cartoon thing that y'all draw where it's like, man, separated uh-huh. from God. Jesus two came. Cir- two yeah. circles cross in the middle and but, then one happy circle with a church on top. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to do that? Or, I mean, you could do that. Yeah, I, but I do. I do think that these questions are um, stuff you could ask one on one, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, because they're if if you start talking about it to the entire class and kind of like touch on it, mm-hmm. and you see a little kiddo in the back, his ears pop, perk up like a little puppy, yeah. you know. And he's like, and this is good. It's good yeah. for like small groups too. Like, mm-hmm. do you have small groups? Because these are the types of questions that your your male small group leaders and your female small group leaders can bring to freshman, sophomore boys, junior, senior boys, however you split it up. But it's like, hey, guys, we're going to like, what do you guys think that it means to be not just a man, but like, man, what does it mean to be human? And then that's something you can, you as the minister can teach your core team or your leaders or however you do it. And then they can then go and ask them and see what they, what language they have in a more intimate, less kind of luxury style situation. Like, don't, don't. Because small groups, I think, too, are huge in this sort of thing of bringing more specific uh, catechetical type things, but like in a sly way. Like, you know, it it doesn't seem like they're being taught, you know? Yeah, because like there's there's the one approach to education where it's just question and answer, like complicated question, simplifying answer. And Uh you see that in the sumo all the time where you're like Thomas Aquinas writes like, how can we be sure that Jesus's sacrifice was the merits of Jesus' sacrifice was applied to all mankind? Like, how do we know that that happened? And I was like, that's mm-hmm. a really good point. I never thought about that. And then he like does like three pages on the answering that question. I'm like, on okay. the contrary, <laughs> said contra. I answer that. Yeah. And and then and then you get like then you get really satisfied and sure in your faith. That's fun, right? That's good. But somewhere along the line, I was taught that Jesus's sacrifice merited grace for me. Um, I didn't need to know why. I didn't need to. I just knew that it did. And so that that's one of the things. Like you, you need to know for the sacraments in order to receive the sacraments what the sacraments do. You don't always need to know why, but someone's going to ask, so you should prepare to give an answer. And um, you kind of want that kid in the class to ask the question because he'll he'll get the conversation going and then you can you can break out the Baltimore catechism and then someone goes hey let me see that book and then they read it and they love it um but i don't know i don't know if like uh, if you're asking like to pass out the Baltimore catechism as a textbook um i'm not a big fan. maybe don't do that maybe don't do that for a ca- for a confirmation class yeah because you got to remember that teens are in class all day 
Yeah. And if they're coming to a confirmation class or youth group or whatever, ooh, they're not going to want more more reading. Yeah. But how can the children not want more reading? That's what oh, they do. That, well, that's what the boomers will say. So the boomers will say, did that help? I hope we answered your question. I hope that was. I uh, let us know if it wasn't. You have our emails. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just just giving up right away. (laughs) We shouldn't have said anything. Gosh dang it! Why do we even have a podcast? Gee, Wilkers. Really good reason. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback in the last week from our episode on suffering. So really, yeah, lots of people reached out to me and said good things. That's awesome. yeah, huge. We do have a podcast for a reason, even if it seems like we don't at times. Shout out everybody. Um, shout out everybody, for real. The true homies. Can we do... I know you want to do the joke one, but I want to get to the last serious one, and I think that's all we'll have time for, because I gotta go pee, and uh, I gotta go to Mass also. Okay, I'll put the so. joke one in at the end. Hello. Hi, Ethan and Patrick. I'm calling because... I am so thankful for everything you guys are doing, and I appreciate just how well you're spreading God's love and his humor and just his goodness, and I wanted to thank you guys. And I also had a question for you guys. I was wondering, so I was reading in the Bible, and I saw Romans 13, where it says, let everyone submit to every governing authority because God has established that authority and everything, um, or yeah, like he has established that authority, so we're called to follow them. And so I was, I I guess I never thought of it that way. I, when I was reading it, I read, looked it up in the catechism, and I saw that as Catholics, we're followed to, or we're called to follow all just laws because um, all just laws are a reflection of God's natural laws. And I definitely saw that this is like an awesome teaching, and I definitely see the, like, the relevance and the importance of it but I also I think I started overthinking it and I started thinking does that mean we have to follow I guess like every single law even like the small ones and what like I guess the crosswalk isn't a silly example but this one came to mind when we're walking across the crosswalk and technically the light's red but there's no cars coming so can we walk across it or not walk across it and I wasn't sure if this was me just overthinking it, but I, I guess I really, I want to make sure I live God's law, but also not to the point of, I guess, distorting it and making it something it, it wasn't. So I guess the main thing is like, are we required to follow all civil laws? And yeah, and no matter what, as long as they're just. And yes, that's all. And I appreciate everything you guys are doing. Again, thank you. I'll be praying for you guys. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Unfortunately, yes. You have sinned by crossing the street. Please go to confession. Here's the thing. No, I'm kidding. There's nuance to it, but in general, yes, kinda, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like, well, if you if you want if you want to take it if you want to take it like this, like, why is the crosswalk there? Why is the stoplight there? It's to establish order, right? And so you're circumventing that order. And like, what what um what worldview are you taking on? Disrespect your surroundings. <laughs> you're 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 taking on the worldview that it's okay for you to circumvent order 
for the sake of yourself, right? Which is Which a is sin, sin because God created order for yeah. a reason. So I would say that like that's like a that that's well, that's like a really that's a that's that's a little ba- that's a little baby sin, sure. But, well, but it but disposes also, but it, I also don't think that it is. Okay. Because all right. so I think that the the law um in some cases is in, is equivalent to the enforcement of the law. So like obviously there are laws on the books that are like uh don't like women can't wear pants, you know, like straight up in some towns. It's like a civil law. But you don't see cops arresting yeah, women. And that you can get into just unjust whatever. But for something like the crosswalk, if the if the lights red, there are no cars and a police officer is sitting there and you walk across the street, um he's not going to get up and arrest you. Like he's mm-hmm. not going to he's not going to give you a ticket, right? Um, I've never seen anybody get a ticket for jaywalking in my entire life, right? <laughs> because I'm from Kansas, and the streets in Kansas are a bit slow. There's not a lot going and, on there. And the tractors only go 45 the, anyway. The tractors so. only go 45. Um, like, obviously, jaywalking in New York is a little bit different than jaywalking in small town And people Kansas, do it all the time right? there anyway, so. Right, but different situations. And so the enforcement might be different in New York, even though they're both illegal, and so to me, if there's if there's no cars, if it's a red light, there's if you're just walking and you're not putting yourself in danger, you're not putting others in danger, you're not really disrupting order. Um so I don't think that's a sin. Okay. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. You see that? I just don't want to advocate people running into the street on the podcast. <laughs> just, like we have we have calls from uh, the courthouse. It's like this we have 30 people in our jail right now. <laughs> All citing your podcast, then <laughs> we're liable. I'm driving. I'm driving across campus, and I see a bunch of people just walking on the street like they do mm-hmm. on college campuses. And I'm just like, "You're sinning. You're sinning." Yeah, You're it's sinning. the same thing with like a, a speed limit, right? Oh, everybody geez. goes. Everybody goes. <laughs> now five everyone's going to speed. Hour. Everyone goes five miles an hour over on the highway. That's that I is a. Friend, I had a friend who's a cop, and he said he wouldn't. He wouldn't pull anyone over if they were going. This is really bad to say on the podcast, but he said he was like he was like I won't pull anyone over unless they're going eleven miles over the speed limit. Nine over your fine, ten over your mind, as they say. <laughs> um, but the, I think seriously, like there's a rule. There's a reason that that joke exists, right? There's a reason that I've like every cop I've ever talked to is like, yeah, five miles an hour over is like not like that's just common general practice like it doesn't even register on the radar it doesn't register on the radar it's not enforced right so is it a sin to go 76 instead of 75 no it no because it's not you're not again going back to the order why do laws exist um am i putting myself in danger am i putting others in danger you're not now if you're going 20 over right that's a that's a whole other thing um so it's just kind of like that's in danger yeah because that's endangering. You are breaking the law in a way that it would be enforced. And then people will go, always go back to the drinking question of like, well, if we're supposed to follow the laws, how come you're saying that I can't drink underage, but you can go five miles an hour over the speed limit? It all goes back to enforcement, right? Uh, if a cop sees you drinking underage, not with your family, you're going to get an MIP regardless, right? Like, yeah, that is the 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 widespread enforcement of that law. So follow it <laughs> yeah and don't drink underage it's a bad call 
It's like you're comparing apples and oranges just to try and get away with an evening of fun. And I will not have it on this podcast. This is a no, this is a no drinking underage podcast. This is a no drinking underage podcast. Exactly. Ever since our failed second episode on drinking. (laughs) I, um, yeah, I've like, I've like gone back and forth, especially with the drinking question. I've gone back and forth on the, um, the just, like the just law. Um, Uh because I saw a video with our old pal. Our old pal Chris Stefanik. Oh yes. He, have you seen that video? And he was like, he was like sitting in the Philippines, and he's like, he's like drinking here. You can have a beer if you're 18. But like, and then he, he said something about um, the drinking law in America as being a just law. And I was like, I'm not sure if I think it is, just because of the like the historical um, implications of the law, right? Yeah. So like the historic the historic the history of the 21 law is like it's it was lobbied and it's a national drinking age, even though it's a state law. So like the um, the federal government imposed on the state government by saying you have to raise the drinking age. Otherwise, we'll cut funding for your interstate highways, um, which I think is bad. I think that that's kind of shady. And then I'm like, it, okay, is. it is very shady. But the unjust action that led to the law doesn't invalidate the civil authority itself. So like the civil law still has authority and is still like a, a, a state judgment for what the good is for the country. So it's like, yeah. even, even if that, even if that judgment was imposed in a flawed way, doesn't necessarily make the judgment unjust. Um, right. The reason why a judgment is on these are a reason why a law is unjust is if it's clear that the state has um, failed in its judgment of what's good for the country. For instance, requiring hospitals to administer abortion that is unjust because it it is the state has said it will be good for the nation if hospitals are required to administer abortion that is wrong that is bad so we should not trust the state's judgment on that particular issue but again it doesn't invalidate the entire system so i've gone i've gone back and forth and I've, i've i've now firmly gone on the side of no uh, don't drink underage. <laughs> Which okay, is a, good. Glad. <laughs> I am now. I have now. I've now come to the come to the conclusion now that I'm 21 years old and it doesn't affect <laughs> me anymore. That drinking underage is bad. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, there's nothing about the law that is preventing you from living a good Christian life. Yeah. There's nothing about the law that is forcing you to do something immoral, right? So those are kind of the the questions you need to ask yourself. Like, is the, I think this is unjust. Like, that's not how you, it's not how you determine that. Um, the, the church has to determine it. Exactly. Uh, so to question asker, you're fine. Don't worry. Um, you, you're right to pick up on that. And you've ascertained something that most Catholics and most Christians don't uh, really care about is that the laws are important and God wants us to follow the laws of the land in which we live um, because it's good. So good on you. Share it with your friends. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all I have to say about that. But if there's no car coming, then you just start running. (laughs) Just start running. We did it together. Good for us. Cool. Um, my bladder is about to explode. So someone mentioned me the other day how you end almost every episode by saying you have to go to the bathroom. It's because I start every episode with a crisp, cool, refreshing sprite. (laughs) 
It Welcome goes to the crunch. Yesterday through. I went to a party. Now I have to go to the bathroom. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh too hard buddy all right uh, welcome welcome to the crunch theology 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 good night everybody <laughs> theology 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 good night everybody um welcome to the crunch <laughs> sorry this i was not gonna do that one that was rude <laughs> that was gonna be mean uh, take note. so we uh we're gonna be at seek don't forget um hashtag seek partner we're gonna post about it on the internet more if you're going to seek shoot us a message let us know we'll do a crunch get together um also if you have an idea of what we should talk about at seek let us know because uh uh, help help (laughs) it's gonna be fun um yeah so as you all know patrick at the crunchcast.com ethan at the crunchcast.com follow us on twitter at catholic pat at Propostle. if you want to be on the monthly mailbag sponsored by patreon you can call us at 781 nope nope <laughs> you made it three numbers in before you got it wrong 785 i'm never gonna get it i need to have you like a little will. oh man anyway um and support us on Patreon, Patreon Patreon.com slash the crunch. Man, I haven't done it in so long. I'm just that Patreon donk. <laughs> Patreon.com. Listen to th- Oh my gosh, I sound like I sound like everybody's uh, monthly mailbag calls before we play them, the transcripts. Oh, <laughs> uh, you do. When we read honkytalk.com. <laughs> when we, we Google Google uh whatever it's called does transcripts of all the all the monthly mailbag calls and Ethan reads them to me before the podcast and they're always ridiculous. Like we can only get a vague idea of what people yeah, are of, saying. like maybe what the question is about. <laughs> So it's like the first one is like, hey, Crunchers. So my name is Hannah. So my question is, so I have a lot of classmates that are very spiritually apathetic. Like, for example, like I have a classmate that is Catholic, but she doesn't believe in help. And so I'm kind of like, get her like her argument saying, why would have got so loving and so like kind send people to hell? And I'm like, what the (laughs) argument? Like people have free will, but like, I don't know how would you like respond to that paper? (laughs) It's just so it's there's no punctuation. And so it's just these super long run on sentences. and it's all phone connection that's the problem it's all yeah it's just it's fine it's good it's good it's good it's good patrick do you have anything else for the people we all hate harry truman now thank you all for listening please pray for us we'll be praying for you and we'll see you next week Uh, Mr. Stevie, this is uh, Marty from McCombs Law Firm. Hey, I uh, I just wanted to kind of follow up with our meeting this morning. I uh, did do some uh, research about the topics we discussed. Um, if you give me a call back, we talk about it a little bit more in depth. But some of the major points we were looking at um, regarding the legality of forming a commune, uh, I'll, I'll be honest here, Mr. Stevie. The law is not uh, super pro-commune, uh, especially after a couple – uh, kind of historic instance where it was communes turned south, you know. Um, I did look into it. You could form a church. The only issue is that you would not be able to change everyone's name as soon as they join the commune uh, just because it's a church. You can't legally change people's names uh, for them uh, just because there's some kind of initiate. I know you're very excited about the idea of renaming your uh, uh, new commune. Uh, I don't know about cultist, if, the, if that's the correct term. Um, 
but I don't know about renaming everyone to separate serial names. Um, that was the other thing I looked into. You can't, I just don't know IP wise if we can get Captain Crunch to sign off on a, a commune kind of like sponsored name for a, for a culprit. Um, anyways, uh, that's just a couple of high points again. Um, this is Marty. Um, Cole's offer. Just give me a call back and we'll talk a little bit more about it. Looks like we may have to go the Scientology route on it, uh, but I'm sure we can figure out something. All right, give me a call. Thanks. Bye. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save 